Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy, everybody. I'm Ben Slowey coming at you um, on this Monday evening. And I'm joined tonight um, by uh, an electronic music artist uh, who makes really awesome experimental bass music that's heavily influenced by world. Um, and uh, his cat is currently sitting on his lap. <laughs> so don't say what up. Shout out the cat. Cheers. And yeah, hell yeah, dude. I love when uh, I love when cats cat cats have entered the show so many times, man. It's great. Um, but uh, he's got a his he dropped an EP uh, this past January. It's called Resonate. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry, his passions, and why he does what he does. Please welcome Deerskin to the show. Deerskin, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing all right. Doing good. pretty good. Been, good. Uh, been surviving the whole, the whole COVID craziness recently. It's been a tough time for artists all around. Everybody who's not super well established pretty much, you know, it's a, it's a time, but you no, know, we're all in it together. I figure that's why I'm like trying to Still, it's fun to reach out to people, you know, make sure we're all doing good. And, yeah. But yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Um, it's been a rough navigation. I mean, this whole year is just a dumpster fire. Um, this past week has been really fucking heavy. And oh, yeah. I'm really sick of stupid racist people on yeah. the internet. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, it's hard to get away from it. And it's, I mean, it should be the question now, they really should get away from it. It needs to be addressed. So, I mean, it's about, it's about time. Hopefully things will start to change, but it, it goes to show how many racist people there were really out there. I mean, I knew there were a lot. I came from a small town, uh, Elkhorn and oh yeah, uh, high it's percentage like, white. <laughs> that's kind of like uh Southwest of here, isn't it? Yep, yep. Uh, you just take 43 South of Milwaukee, uh, and then yep, a little Southwest. And I mean, it's it's chill town if you're if you're a white person. But I mean, I felt bad for the one. There was like one or two people of color in my grade, and it's very. I saw some bad things out in parties and stuff once kids got drunk and stuff, and yeah. you know, I'm not surprised where the, their politics land out there. Oh yeah, I believe it. I um. Uh, my girlfriend and I, like two weekends ago, we, we've been trying to go on more day trips, like to like nature, just to get away from all of the, you know, heaviness, just to find some tranquility. So we went to Bong Recreational Area, uh, not too far from there. And uh, man, we, we lost count of how many Trump signs, <laughs> like on the way there, like when you get off the highway on like right at Mars Cheese Castle. Yeah. There's they're everywhere it's it is kind of like it it's a harsh reminder that we live in an urban environment that's impacted by a lot of these like socio-economic and political issues that affect you know people of color yeah. that some of these people out in the country have they've never fucking seen before. Yeah, you know? I mean that's the real thing. I like to think. I mean, I know I've been when I was out there. A lot of those people, they don't, I don't think deep down in their heart they're bad people, but it's just they don't see these things. They get they hear what they see filtered through Fox News, through whatever, 
And, you know, I, I bet if they came down to the city for as long time of people who actually live there, they would see a lot of these problems. And I mean, you know, there's obviously bad people, I, I think on both sides, but you know, and the people who are the loudest are usually the most mad. So those are the people you hear on Facebook. Those are the people commenting. Those are the people making the noise because they're upset. So there's still a lot of people in between. I feel like hopefully that Americans can still come together because nobody wants to see bloodshed, I don't think, on either side. And it's sad to say, to see people getting shot on both sides now in the last week since Rittenhouse and now somebody in Portland got shot. I think it was on the, on the, they said it was a right side person. I'm not, I didn't, haven't researched that one a bunch, but yeah, it's still, I heard that too. And I was just like, I feel like so, not in the civil war, but it's just going to be pretty much a lot of violence going on. Right. Right. I mean, and it's just like, you know, I like, and I agree with you, you know, like everyone, on whatever side you're on, like everyone does have loved ones. Um, I mean, I'm just hoping that I'm really, I just, I can't wait for November, you know, yeah, <laughs> like no, I, I mean, just really, because yeah. um, our abomination uh, in the White House is um, he's, he's amplifying a lot of these tensions mm-hmm. by, he's just, He's not making it any better, you know, like, but that's for another day. Uh, I want to talk about your music, so we're going to yeah, get right. into that. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think we got enough politics all around. Yeah, we did. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, Paul, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. So I've heard of you because uh, I write for Breaking and Entering. I write for, I write on local music in the Milwaukee scene, and I'd heard of you. Um, I heard of deer skin a bunch get thrown around. Like, I have a, I have a couple f- good friends in the in the club scene that I trust very much. Like, um, Haley Schultz is one of my yeah. good friends. She's good people. Her. Yeah, she's the best people. And um, <laughs> she like I asked her for some like electronic artists in the club scene and DJs that like I should check out because clearly breaking and entering like we weren't we just hadn't covered much electronic music prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, I, like, I know um, Austin McCullough very well. Um, uh, yeah, he was, he records, was like, yeah. he was like, dude, he makes the craziest music. Like <laughs> check him out. So um, yeah. So like, I mean, I, um, I have, so, and I've interviewed some artists in the, in the club scene so far, like I've interviewed Wolfbiter, I've interviewed Lex Martin, mm-hmm. um, I've talked to the best friends, like I've interviewed like some, but there's still many for me to get to know. And so I listened to your music like in the hour before this and I was like, dude, this is so fucking like mathematical and meticulous. Like, <laughs> you know, the, just the, um, just how um, tight your production weaves in and i'm excited to talk about um all the stuff you have out but um but first i guess you know we've got to take it back for going in order here so paul tell me a little bit about you know uh when music became like a creative outlet for yourself growing up yeah well it i guess the, the there was a time in the very beginning when i was probably 14 that's when i started 
playing an acoustic guitar with my first instrument, along with like hand bongos and stuff. I really got into it when I was 15. I got my first guitar, my golden birthday for my parents as a little acoustic Epiphone. So learning back then I was a lot of cover songs. Uh, that was before I could really feel like songwriting was the outlet. And I, I feel like now I've learned that guitar probably wasn't really my instrument, but it was the one that I landed on first. And I'm glad I did because it, it while songwriting was hard on it in the very beginning, it definitely defined a lot of the music that I listened to, like acoustic sound. I liked reggae back then. A lot of like Ben Harper was some of the first music I learned. And uh, so like the, I learned like burn one down bongo part and the, the guitar. And I don't know, it, that shaped a lot of the early music that I was into. Did a choir class as well in high school and I used to do talent show stuff. And uh, I mean, growing up in Elkhorn, electronic music wasn't even a thing. I had never heard of a rave, never heard heard of uh, a lot of the lifestyle stuff that went with that. And it was, I mean, I was a, I went to, the, I was a partier back then, used to drink and stuff. We just listened to hip hop and they threw on country music sometimes. Stuff wasn't my thing. I liked the bass. I had subwoofers in my car and listened to like reggae and stuff. Eventually, I, I was shown Rusco and like uh, some Skrillex stuff senior year. And uh, I was into rapping a little bit, I would freestyle. So when I was shown of my friend Conrad, uh, shout out to Conrad Weiser. He was a big influence oh, in my cool. early uh, production. Uh, he showed me Ableton right away. He was getting into it. He was into like, um, kind of like the, the alternative new metal stuff. Uh, and like a little bit of screamo stuff. So he showed me a lot of basic production stuff back then on Ableton. And uh, when I moved to Milwaukee, he hooked me up with a friend, uh, Andrew Porsche, good friend. He's out in Thailand now, shout out oh. to him if he ever sees this. Oh, yeah. uh, they show, really showed me electronic music, brought me to a show. We saw Pretty Lights, Knit Grit, Paper mm -hmm. Diamond at the Rave. Pretty Lights is dope. Yeah. That was one of the, <laughs> Pretty Lights is one of the first EDM artists like I'd ever listen to too yeah i feel like a lot of people in our age demographic that was a, he brought in a lot of people could yeah. find a lot of just anybody who could listen to any kind of music could listen to him and be like oh yeah this is dope like so i mean after that i switched i was making beats a little bit on ableton for hip-hop but um quickly switched over to making dance music after that show that was like the turning point from like just like thinking like hearing about electronic music and actually being to experience it in the place where it's meant to be experienced in a show environment mm. and once i was felt that show environment i mean it was, it was something that i definitely enjoyed and felt kind of very instantly connected to and i love the community around it there's a lot of nice people you know and it's it's a fun world to be in it's, and it's very diverse from i mean like you said like you've speak spoke to like Wolfbiter and some of the club people and that's like I mean yeah like at the club surface and then you get like to some of like the like the I mean Miramar is like a mid like some people call it underground stuff but yeah, that's a Sierra yeah I was gonna say oh yeah right Jesus. a lot of good people out there and yeah I mean the scene gets pretty you know what they call into the underground I mean I started when I started Deerskin uh playing out it was after at least like a year or two of scratch and beats and then just started playing in basement parties with DJ all night and then sprinkle some originals in. 
and then that slowly grew to wanting to play all originals because people were saying that they were good. So I was like, got to keep chasing that, I guess, if I'm getting good response. Dope. So, yeah. Awesome, man. That's, that is, it's cool to hear, um, cool to see, you know, you kind of like played around with like several different interfaces before you like found your thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I would say Ableton, Reason I've used, uh, I wrote some of my earlier music that's on my discography. I don't think much of it's up on SoundCloud anymore. It was written in Reason. And then I switched back to Ableton well, when I wanted to perform live like electronic stuff versus just DJing my music. And that was a big transit. That was like right around, I guess, the Under a Purple Sun uh, album or EP or whatever. That one was the first I wrote on like this MIDI clip style that I still use now. And allows you to like, it's basically, it's like stem mixing, you know, so each, each individual instrument I can control and isolate and launch different parts at different times. So that, that's now what helps, uh, helps the creativity for the, I don't know, you think about music as less of a static left to right thing. The song has to interweave the parts too a little bit and which like allows Lot, like I can perform the same song different ways so yeah. it makes the makes the show experience a lot better which is always what I feel like a lot of my, a lot of my stuff is all focused on the show experience what it's going to be like live because yeah. it's, it's got it's bass music gotta have big subs ideally <laughs> yeah. oh yeah you have to for sure I so I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and um I my intro to EDM music was and raves was uh, Lollapalooza. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my friends and I would go every year. Like, you know, I came up here for college at UWM, and then like I would come back down every year. And Lollapalooza was like my friends and I's thing. You know, like mm-hmm. it was like our reunion, and we would go every year for the whole weekend. And uh, I wasn't even like, like, I was more of like an indie head, you know, like I, I, I liked to see like a lot of like the indie bands and stuff, but I would like come out to some raves with uh, the guys. Yeah. And I, those, you know, I'll never forget those times because those, those ended up being some of those fun moments of like live music as I know it. Um, like I saw... Remember, like, I saw Excision and (laughs) Martin Garrix at the Aragon Mm -hmm. and Major Lazer at the Aragon and, like, Calvin Harris. Like, that shit was just – it was – I mean, it was wild. Like, I – eventually, like, like, I don't know how people have the energy to do this so much. (laughs) I I mean, most of them are probably rolling, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's the, yeah that's the thing with the the scene there's a lot of i mean a lot of a lot of drug use and i mean not i'm not necessarily bad against drugs but i think there's a there's a line between use and abuse that yeah you know a lot of people learn and it's it they all have really powerful like that's why they're all being studied for medicine now like mdma could break down walls between people help you like really understand a lot of relationships and I think LSD and psilocybin both have really powerful implications on how to open, open you to see the world a different way that can help you. Connecting the neural pathways in your brain. I think with responsible use, they're all, all useful, but 
I mean, I've seen people abuse all of them. So it's like, you know, it's, they all have to be used responsibly, just like alcohol or any, any sort of substance that alters our mind. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, hundred percent. Totally. I like, I'm all for having fun and your version of fun, as long as you're being safe and responsible. Um, yeah. Right. As long as you're not hurting others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my intro to, to EM, but it's been good to get back into EDM by listening to like the local artists. That oh yeah, there's so many good ones too. It, it's really ridiculous. How that, that's why the underground side of things is my favorite because there's so many young creatives that are just just getting out their first music, and it blows me away how like how and it, how diverse people's sounds are. And Milwaukee's got a lot of really good people. Wisconsin, Midwest, even I mean, it's just everywhere. You know, they're in there. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a gold mine. So when did you uh, get to Milwaukee and what brought you here? Um, when I moved from Elkhorn, it was originally to go to school at UWM. Uh, I graduated in 2011 from Elkhorn and went to UWM for biomedical science at first. I was studying to be a clinical lab technician to work ideally in probably like in a blood bank, like study <laughs> blood which I thought was interesting. I liked looking under a microscope. And then I like toured the, the facility and met the guy and he's like, this is my office. I sit in here all day in the dark and look at slides. And I was like, oh my God, like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it, it sounded cool at first to look at a microscope and think, oh yeah, you gotta sit in a dark room all day. Like, don't talk to people. So I don't know, it steered me away a bit. I was at that time still like, just that was still like right when I was getting in the electronic music I was, I, I, when I was playing guitar back in high school, I always wanted to be a musician growing up. It was my dream, but it was, excuse me, it was hard to do that with guitar. I felt like it was, I mean, I practiced a lot and I, you know, I got huge respect to people who can actually wail out on a guitar. It's a tough, tough thing to, to do all that. Uh, I still try to play guitar every once in a while, but I don't know, working on beats, it was an easier way to express myself and reach sounds that I thought were really cool. I really enjoyed synthesizer work. And once I started getting into that, it uh, changed how people could hear one of my songs and say, oh, that's a Deerskin song right away. Once you can kind of, once you start making your own sounds, that's when you get your own sound. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly, that's exactly what I, I um, sort of, um experienced when i heard your resonate ep like it's not it's unlike anything i really have heard uh so <laughs> i think you're you've uh, well accomplished that um and um and i'm interested to hear kind of like what your influences are because i know you like you make bass music with like a lot of world influences like what kind of mm -hmm. like uh made you gravitate towards that direction um a lot of the early music I listened, I listened to lots of different kinds of, it's always like acoustic bass originally, a lot of like, in, I listened to India Bright Eyes, I don't know if you ever listened to Bright Eyes. But oh yeah, he they, just, they just dropped a new album actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't listened to it, but. I'll have to check that I'm, out. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of um, like 2000s Bright Eyes though. Yeah, the early stuff, I saw him uh, in high school, was one of my first, uh, uh, shows that my brother took me to 
got to leave school and see him. So hell yeah. In, yeah, right. That was great. <laughs> in the uh like I mean stuff more popular, I guess acoustic like Jack Johnson I really liked. And then uh once once electronic music I started I listened to Spangle a little bit. My older brother had list it showed me him in high school and that was uh big like really like that sound. He's probably still I would consider one of my biggest influences now. Um along with mix I like I like t- taking that like world I like mixing the sounds mixing different genres I feel like I, I don't know the contrast of heavy bass versus light uh delicate melodic stuff really like is a great contrast and can pull some some cool feelings out and stuff and I don't know though I've listened to bluegrass and stuff sort of I don't know where I, the Arabian and stuff style maybe maybe it was I mean Perhaps listening. I don't know. Once you start getting into a psychedelic community a little bit, you start to hear people play music like that. I remember listening to like Kalia Santilla. He's a uh, artist that does a kind of a world vibe, and um, yeah. I mean, you you listen to. I had a have had a nice experience at a festival one time that drew drew me towards the um, like the vocal uh, like the ohm basic uh, like a chant. And I had done a little throat experience with a, with some friends in a tent when I was under the influence of some LSD. And it was quite, I had an out-of-body experience. It was very crazy uh, going through this like kind of sound. I don't know, like the, the cooler, the closer we got to the tone, the better the shapes became in this geometric world. And it was a crazy experience that I influenced. I was like, oh, wow, like I'd love to be able to bring that to somebody and on the dance, not necessarily in the dance floor, but in a listening environment where they're ready for anything like that. But I don't know. You ever listen to uh, Animal Collective? I have heard of them. I've probably heard a couple songs, but not like, not they're super familiar with their music. Sure. They're pretty dope. They're, I'm obsessed with them, but they're like, they're a neo psychedelia, like experimental pop band. Um, yeah, I, I like, um, you know, texture's really big. Like I'm, I'm big into like the textures of, like, you know, electronic music and the manipulations of. When I listen to music, like you know, I try to feel like kind of what you were saying about the bass. You know, like you really like feeling the music is a really important thing. You know, you have to like, oh, yeah. as well as like, where you put yourself mentally when you're listening to a song or a piece or an album or whatever. Like, yeah where you're envisioning yourself like when you're listening you know oh yeah i mean music's pretty powerful it can change your emotions to pretty much anything i feel like it's like it is like the empathetic magic that kind of draws me closer to making it when i realize the more that i release my music and get people's reactions and tell they tell me oh it's helped me get through days it's from everything from telling them that it was close, they were close to losing their life and then my music's brought them back. That's the, the most biggest gift you can ever get as an artist is yeah. being able to have somebody say that. It's really powerful. And I mean, that just the, the I guess, I don't know. It's like, I don't know, once you once you realize you got the gift, it's like, I'm, uh, get, like I never, when I'm growing up, I thought everybody could keep beat everyone. I was like, oh, isn't this normal? You can't. Boop, 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 playing the drums and they're like oh no like what <laughs> they're like i don't know or just like 
And it's just like when I realized I had a talent, just to be able to like sit a piano. Like I taught myself keyboard. I taught myself guitar. I've never taken a lesson for anything in my life. I've uh, done some YouTube videos, but YouTube, mm. YouTube's probably the the number one uh, university in the world that I no, suggest everybody I, use. Dude, I remember <laughs> I watched a YouTube tutorial to try to like when I was first learning how to tie a tie, and <laughs> classics. They, I still need those. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's still. It, I remember, like, it took so many fucking tries. I'm like, dude, this shit is, like, it starts out simple, and then they just, like, get way too carried away and do it way too easily. You know? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, slow down. Fingers so nimble, man. Right, yeah. Uh, so, um, so, uh, so did you, so you left school, and then what happened? Um, left school, I was working, uh, serving tables. Uh, I served tables at the Wisconsin club, a country club, the city club thing right downtown. Yeah. Bunch of, bunch of rich people, good tips. So it, and they were flexible yeah, with shows. Cause I, I used that, to, I used to caddy. So I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, gotta go over the money as I guess nowadays it's hard to find, <laughs> but, um, started just working on my music a lot. That was a transition time where I was, I was getting good feedback from the like the the party scene basically the underground Milwaukee parties that I was going to and um wanted to make that bridge to the Miramar our local venue and knew that I needed to put a lot of time in so I mean I I didn't wasn't focused on school I was focused on that I couldn't stop myself from not making music it was kind of like you know I couldn't, once the song's going, I can't get up until it's done, especially back then. And then I missed a lot of classes and I was just like, well, this is what I'm passionate about. Obviously, this is what I need to pursue. So I pursued it. It was definitely a little bit of friction from my family at first. And I, they're like, oh, why can't you come to this event? You're, oh, I'm playing some party. And they're like, none of these kids care. They're all just trying to get drunk. And I was like, these are my only audience right now. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And it paid off eventually people i got a booking uh for the play open for love and light i believe it was yeah with matt handelman and nate um i can never remember his last name because he uses a fake name on facebook but anyways they booked me and that was the first bridge to the miramar after getting in the party scene and after that it was i knew that i could get more shows once i had bridged that gap and it, it worked out pretty good at that show. I had a really, it was a sold out show and the power of the internet worked in my favor. Somebody took a really good video of me playing and it was just one of my original songs, a full crowd, people dancing. And two days later after that video, I got booked for Infrasound uh, Music Festival. And wow. yeah, <laughs> I don't know, he must've saw the video or serendipitously and it just like literally boom, boom. Uh, and then that, that year was, yeah, 2015 and I played in for sound and it was pretty surreal to be able to, where is that one? That one, they, I mean, they originally held it at Black uh, River Falls at Camp NCN and that was a really beautiful venue, but they just got too big for it. And then they moved to Highbridge Hills in the Northern Wisconsin. So every, ever since I played 2015, I've played every year since then. That's like my home festival. So I've played, we, we, we moved to Highbridge and then 
think it was last yeah last year was the only year that they after Highbridge they moved to uh, Minnesota so a lot of the people who throw it are actually from Minneapolis uh, uh, they moved to what is it Harmony Park they throw like Shangri-La and a couple other festivals that are more on the like the Wookiee foot kind of side of music like jam and stuff like that it's a beautiful grounds a little smaller than Highbridge but more developed and yeah, I mean, there's a, the festival scene is definitely where I, like, that's where I always want to be, like, when I'm trying to play. That's where I envision my music. That's, like, the the stage that I like to be at because it's those those festivals are pretty pretty something else. It's, like, a carnivalist style in the air and people being themselves or being even somebody else besides themselves. Who knows? Like, <laughs> a lot Taking of... Taking themselves out of their... <laughs> you know, their reality, yeah, becoming the persona of the experience, which I totally understand, you know, because this is, it's literally an escapism. Yeah, it is. It, it, I mean, I like to go into the Renaissance Fair and stuff like that when I was younger, and it reminds yeah. me of that a lot. Like, it's just like a, like a fun getaway almost, and I don't know, people, the, the, the way that you feel afterwards after being able to, like, just... I don't know, go be free for a weekend is pretty, pretty, pretty nice. You bring back that energy to the world. And I think it makes people healthier and happier. And I don't know, as long as you're obviously, as we touch back the other subject, being safe with your, yeah. with your, with your choices out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, I, I, I think it's dope that, you know, you, you, uh, you know, kind of perceived the Miramar as like, sort of a, a good sort of a good waypoint for your musical career because I I used to live above the Black Rose. Oh right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know I used to get in Oakland Euros every single week and I would uh my friends and I the first show we ever threw, like the first show I was ever like involved in uh throwing was a Miramar show and uh, uh it was in 2017 like we got king louis on the bill like it was yeah it was um it was pretty fucking awesome but the miramar like you know i i like i've grown to like get to know some of the folks involved in it and it is just like you know it's a such a great um like the family that inhabits there and you know how everyone like you know sort of like keeps everyone in check like mm-hmm. holds the community accountable but also you know is you know just cares about one another like i've always got a very loving vibe from you know the folks at the miramar and like it is somewhat of like a um keystone piece of especially electronic artists and djs like kind of like jump starting their careers into the rest of the scene and i so like i laud the miramar for the work that they do there and um yeah uh so and the fact that like yeah you got in the festival circuit that's pretty fucking awesome yeah i mean that's that was that's made me the happiest my whole biggest dream would be able to get out of the country to play somewhere i've gotten gotten some interest in New Zealand and Australia a little bit. I had a potential booking in Quebec. 
that they had a festival going, they wanted to put me on a side stage, but then they lost that side stage. So I got a passport out of it, but (laughs) (laughs) it'd be like that. (laughs) Um, What other uh, uh, spots have you performed at in Milwaukee? Um, Milwaukee, a little bit of, I'm trying to think there's like a couple like smaller, I think I played at some, uh, this one pizza place this one time. I mean, Milwaukee's only got so many venues. Um, I've gotten to play all over the, mostly the East Coast and down to like, uh, that, like out to Denver. And I got to do on a tour, personal tour with uh, homies. We have a little collective of electronic artists called Faceless Future Collective. That's uh, yeah, like Zero Gravity, Aliens at Work, Controla, uh, Lucidate. Shout out to all of those guys. Yeah, those are <laughs> their listen to all their stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we got like I think Free Foods on it now. Kai and we got people, and yeah, we got to go on tour, um, and that was probably like what three years ago now, or two years ago now. It seems like I don't know. Time is so hard to. <laughs> yeah. It's all blended together now, <laughs> but yeah. I mean that was, was. What was that like, like touring out there? That was a really awesome learning experience and really like, I don't know, it was really fun. Um, got, that was, I'm trying to think if that was before, I think that was, I think that was after the Wake the Nation tour. I have to check my man, I'm like losing all my dates in my head, but uh, it was, it was a great experience uh, to do that tour uh, as just like independent artists. We didn't like, we were more in charge, you know, like getting the, I don't know, getting, you know, everything figured out, the dates, well, how to, when to get where and how to pay for what and all the hotels. And it's just, a, we rubbed shoulders a bit, you know, argued and yeah. it's going to happen. And, I don't know. It's just, you learn a bit. You got to eat cheap. Yeah. You got to eat real cheap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was a vegetarian. I still, I, I started eating fish, but being a vegetarian on the road is, that's a learning experience on its you own. You have to start going to like a Long John Silver's or something like that then. Yeah, you got to start eating fish, unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not that bad. I, do, I didn't become a vegetarian for animal rights, although I do believe and obviously don't want to hurt animals. I think the, right. both, think the whole factory farming thing could use an update, but that wasn't. I started doing it because I just oh, I wanted agree. to feel better. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yep, you got to do what you got to do to be healthy on the road, even if it... Right. I think. Yeah, dude. I I went to South by Southwest a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, we're just eating like the nearest like drive through burger joint, like any chance. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever we have like a small window of time to do it, like. Very fast food it. is, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's um, especially like, you know, because a lot of Milwaukee music is pretty DIY. It's like, mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, we're not the biggest scene. But it's, I mean, I see it's it's definitely been growing at least a little bit in the electronic scene, I see. But, I mean, with just the amount of people, it's only so much. I mean, for me, when I look at my, like, SoundCloud stats or whatever, Milwaukee is definitely not my highest city despite living here. But the that's just, I feel like, sheer population, and I don't know, a lot, of, a lot of people in Milwaukee are really into electronic music, a lot of people, if you go to the bars, they're not listening to that, they're listening to, you know, rap or 
Yeah, I think the hip hop scene kind of dominates Milwaukee music in terms of like if it's if there is something it's known for, like the hip hop yeah. scene generally gets the the recognition. But I mean, I you know I as a writer for on the music scene, like you know I have to cover all every single sector of it and. There really is every everything, you know. Yeah. Like, there's a really strong metal scene here too. Mm-hmm. Um, really strong, uh, you know, like That's Americana like, folk scene. Like, you name it, we have. Yeah, it. <laughs> I was my friend Conrad's still active, and he's like at a DIY, like the DIY rock scene or whatever, where it's like kind of like alternative stuff and very. Yeah. I guess they like make a lot of their own stuff sometimes, and yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so I guess that that can bring us to your music that you've dropped uh, in the last year or so. So I um I was listening to I didn't get to go through all of your tracks that are on Spotify, but I gotta say my favorite is probably Lagoon Tune. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I love <laughs> that shit, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. That's like I got to that whole. Um, I think in Spotify, they're all put up as singles. There's four tracks that are in that. It's kind of like a side dub genre, I guess, was what I'd label it as. But it was kind of touching back to my old reggae roots and how to bring that love of reggae and mix it in with the sound synthesis that I do and try to, like, make my own version of reggae or own version of dub. And, yeah, like, that that tune's got that's the one that ends up it switches to a major switch at the end i believe most of my stuff is in minor f minor is probably my favorite key but i've been some of my new work i'm just starting i've been working on i got a new song that's almost done that's all in major and that song's got some major in it and i don't know that it's easy i learned as an artist it's easy to like fall into like certain uh, routines because you're just like oh that works it sounds good but i don't know one thing i've learned is I don't want to keep writing in the same key, so that's my new challenge to spread out musically, learn there. But yeah, as I was say, I don't blame you for having to go through all the Spotify songs. There's a lot of, I got a lot of oh, tunes yeah. that, my, my regular discography is like, it's like, there's at least like a, almost a hundred songs I've made. Like, if people want to get the discography, go to patreon.com. You can oh, yeah. Oh, sign yeah. Up there. <laughs> you got to do a Patreon, man. Yeah. yeah we just no. made, we, we made one ourselves. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's. I mean, I just, I got a couple that I've signed up for and it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing to know that you're just direct support. Not a lot of, there's a little bit of minimum. They just started doing tax too now. So the, the government gets, gets their six cents. But. Yeah, 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 right. I know. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about the Resin ADP that came out this past winter. Yeah, so... The Resonate EP um, kind of formed mostly when I, a lot of it was when I got my new computer this beginning of this, probably like last fall, it was like October. I got a nice new BC computer, got to push up my audio interface, which allowed me to like do some different, more processing that I wasn't doing before. And I don't know, I kind of more delved into the, I, I'd done a lot of focus on songwriting before, trying to like learn different rhythms and you know like how to like make songs I don't know like 
catchy in my own way, I guess. I don't know, like learn, learn the harmonic kind of side of things. And then I started recently pushing back into production quality itself, just like how to make things stand out in the mixed stereo field, how to um, just, you know, make, make things sound a lot more professional because I was getting into the point where I'm playing shows with people who are real experts in this stuff. They make their music sound really crispy. And I'm like, I got to live up to them. If I'm play playing the stage right before them or even after them, if I'm, if I'm like above, above them, whatever, in the, in the, uh, in the lineup, I definitely need to be sounding just as good as them. So that was a big focus on the Resonate EP is, is pushing my songwriting, uh, into the, my favorite song on there is the, the lead one subliminally, uh, just like rhythm styles and then also leveling up the production side a little bit, which, I mean, you learn, ideally you learn something new every day. And since I've written that, I feel like I listen to it and I'm like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's always a good thing. But that, that whole EP was a lot of what I wanted to bring like a high energy uh, side to the dance floor because I had, I'd, I've got a lot of songs that are, you know, like the, the, the Lagoon tune, for example, more like trippy, I guess, music to sit back and listen to. But I, I mean, I wanted to touch back to some of my old high energy stuff that was more like what I first started making when I got into music when dancing is always like a big, how I express myself. I, if I can't dance to the music, I can't, I can't make it like it's gotta, it's gotta have a groove to it. It's dance for yeah. music. And so, yeah, the Resonate EP, I wanted to bring something heavy and then also like still the contrast, which is my favorite thing in music. So like a lot of them have some pad work, light pad work and the melodies and stuff to contrast the really heavy, all the heavy gritty bass. That's all my own uh, concoction. The, 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 all the synths that I've made pretty much since the Under Purple Sunny P are all the, my vocal, my vocal made that's like a, uh, if anyone's familiar, any production people listening are familiar with the program Serum, the VST, that's all on there. And basically I can take a sound of my voice and make the voice into the synth. And mm. so that's how you get that kind of like, yeah, one. it's like a robot talking basically. And I fell in love with that sound. So it's like, kind of like my signature. Did you want to put your audience in like a certain, like, headspace when they're listen when when they listen to the cp because like i kind of what you're saying like um about like it's got to have being danceable but mm -hmm. danceable in such an unconventional way you know it's got a very like um such a unique outstanding groove to it um so yeah i guess like what like where did you want to put your audience with this one um I guess the headspace that I try to go for is, I mean, it's it's labeled as psychedelic music, but it's music that I feel like you puts you in the, the same space that psychedelics, I guess, do, but in a that in that the motion-wise inspiring way. I like to try to make make people feel inspired, make them feel like they can conquer their goals, make them feel like they could do whatever they're meant to do when they're here you know like I feel like all all people especially in my opinion creatives really have like a driving force the the muse talking in their ear that they need to listen to and it's it's an important thing to to chase those dreams and 
Uh, that's why I'm here is because I chased my dream and I firmly believe that I love, I love to stoke other people's fires and, and music that makes you feel you can take on the world is always a good energy for me on top of, uh, the trance, um, I guess entrancement that I really enjoy out of music. Music brings like a, I, I like listening to side trance and other sorts of like more like not necessarily just the rhythmic stuff, but music that sucks you in and really like captivates you and pulls you into a place where you forget about time, forget about what's going on for a little bit. And it's, I find it's the combination of those two. You can make people feel something really in spite or like inspiring. And then also, you know, giving them like an escapism, as you said, a little bit of the, of the festival scene, like a, a little break from reality in a good way. But yeah. I, I, I feel like it was a big thing in that like old, uh, like African uh, cultures that the, the idea of like music being a really religious thing. And that's like something that I can hear when I listen to those world samples, when I'm browsing through like music that's from other countries, it's all like basically like religious chants, like really like, cause it's the way they view music was like a very, it's something you did to kind of connect with the world around you, connect with each other. Yeah. And so it's like really like when you bring those samples in, you can like send that energy right out to people. And I think it's a powerful thing to be able to bring people together realize, Hey, it doesn't, we're all here to, you know, live this human experience, whether, whether you agree with them or not. I mean, if we're all humans, like we all need to love each other and take care of each other. Going back to the beginning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I should have asked this earlier, but, um, Where'd you uh, come up with the name Deerskin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one's always a good little quick story. It was um, actually based on, I mean, if it wasn't for technology, it's, an, it's my last name's Erskine, E-R-S-K-I-N-E. And so in middle school computer class, typing my name actually got autocorrected to Deerskin. Hmm. And I, I would always just erase it. What I never really thought twice of it, but somebody a friend uh, from high school, Ryan Bowes is his name. Pretty loud mouth guy, you know, like to like to like to talk, like to yell. And he saw Deerskin. He's like, Paul Deerskin, oh my God, it's fucking hilarious. Like started calling me Deerskin all the time. Like, what up Deerskin? And like at first I didn't you know, I didn't dislike it, but I was just like, I don't know, I didn't resonate with I'm not a deer, I didn't hunt. I was just like, I don't know, like yeah. deers, that's weird. But eventually it just stuck as my nickname. And then I kind of embraced it through high school. And then it was just, you know, it was the nickname. And when I started making music, I did not know what to call myself. And someone was like, call yourself Deerskin. It's your nickname. And I was like, yes. And it's kind of, it's kind of ironic because you're a pescatarian. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, people are like, do you hunt? And I'm like, no, my dad's shot some deer, but I've never shot a deer. But I mean, I'm not against hunting. As long as you eat the food, I feel like that's the best way to do it there. But right. Yeah. You have to like actually salvage the, the 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 point of the sport. You know, you can't just do it and not. Yeah, I agree. But um, that is a funny story. Um, <laughs> that is good. So uh, I guess that leads us to the present here. Uh, so what are you working on now? Um, right now, I've got a couple. A uh, couple finished that uh, are under release. One of them actually should be coming out. Let's see, 
not next week, the week sometime in the second week of September, I think is the, the scheduled release date. Uh, Headroom Collective, that's a, a new uh, audio, I guess, musician artist group that was formed by the audio company Awaken the Night. They're a uh, sound company based in Denver that provides like function one sound to a lot of big events. So they're all about high quality audio experience and they wanted to look out for art artists that are providing that high quality, uh, what they call high fidelity art. So I was lucky enough to be selected amongst a bunch of maybe like 12 or 15 other artists. I don't remember exactly how many, but a lot of guys and I don't know if there's any girls, but a lot of guys that I listened to and it was, I don't know, cool to be taken amongst them and be like, hey, your your music's good. They actually, at the beginning of this COVID thing, they sent me a small stipend to make a track. They're like, here's a little bit to, well, I mean, it wasn't a huge amount, but I mean, the thought is amazing that they're going to be like reaching out to artists that they care about and we're making a track just for their compilation. And now it's been uh, like six months since then, but should be coming out soon. The track's called uh, Unhinged. I've played it in a couple of my last mix and a very wild, um, uh, con or what's the word I'm looking for? A very wild um, songwriting. The composition, there we go, is a little unhinged as that's why I named it that. I just went wild with it for a little bit. So it's a fun one that'll come out. And then I got this other one that I just made that's in the major tone that's called, uh, I'm still naming it, but I think Kaleidoscope, like Kaleidoscope, but <laughs> Kaleidoscope <laughs> is going to be the name of it. It's got a Lucy in the sky with diamonds feel. Oh, word. Yeah, like a very like happy, I don't know, like floating on a weird cloud. And then it gets into some some heavy synthesis. And yeah, I'm really happy with the new stuff that I've been writing. I've got a couple more like untitled ones that I'm trying to knock out before this mix that I'm going to be dropping with Lysurgia Art Collective. That will be probably in November, but I got to get the mix to them in end of September. So trying to get some new ones out for that because I really want it to be a debut of the new material that I'm working on. So hopefully that just been I mean, work, working day job and trying to balance studio time with personal life stuff. I mean, it's the yeah. fun of, it's the fun we all, we all share of balancing life. Oh, I, I totally hear you, man. Yeah. I, I would love to just do stuff like this, you know, the yeah, podcast right. and music writing. I wish you could just, I wish that could be my income, but it ain't work like that. Yeah, right. Let's, say, let's you build the pay, Patreon up and, yeah, damn page. I should make a Mr. Nice Guy Patreon. We have a breaking and entering one, but I should make a Mr. Nice Guy one. Yeah, thanks I mean, for actually reminding me about Patreon because, like, I <laughs> yeah, I like to forget about it, and then when I'm out of money, I can go to it and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious to ask because just because your music is just like very unique, like, mm -hmm. how do you work on music every day? Um, I, I used to work on music every day, but I definitely do not anymore. And I've noticed a big, I know, a big change in the way that I do write um, comes more like in waves now. It feels like, oh, I sh I've been listening to a lot of podcasts while I'm at work. And they, uh, it's something that I definitely need to implement is 
working every day because you got to give you at least give yourself the chance for that creative strike to hit but when I do sit down since I don't write all the time I feel like whenever I sit down something happens because it's so built up I have like the creative juice is always high when I don't get to sit down a lot so every time I do it's just like boom like right into it and then it's pretty good like right now I have everything set up in my uh, partner Chelsea's not at home, so tonight might be a be a nice sit down yeah. after all this. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Chelsea. All, I haven't met her in person, but oh, she's, we're Facebook friends. <laughs> she's an amazing, wonderful person, and I'm really lucky to be able to be in a good relationship like that. She really supports me, supports supports the music, and uh, obviously just me as a person. And she's love is a beautiful thing. It's a you know hard to hard to like people like. Oh, it's like how do you how do you maintain a uh, like a work flow with a relationship? And I was like, I don't know how I could without it. Like, cause it keeps me sane. Like a balance is needed, and I don't know. I think That's that beautiful. I think it's a good thing. Totally. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Well, Paul, uh, man, it was so great to talk to you. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and your music, and I'm really excited to hear what you got coming up. Um, please send it to me uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll make sure we publish it and everything so oh, yeah i'll send um, you a preview in a little bit if you want to oh yeah please do <laughs> um so paul as you close out tell me what keeps you up at night oh man uh the list of things that i need to get done unfortunately i'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big procrastinator and that's a big i'm, I'm this whole thing is recent like the whole pandemic thing is given like a it's a I've known people on the same, I feel like a lot of self-introspection time is at hand and learning how to better myself to, keeps me up at night a lot. Obviously, we'll try to better the world around me. That's the whole reason that I want to better myself. So the world around me is obviously not, America's not in the best place. So that's definitely another reason to stay up. But I try not to stay up and worry about things that I can't control. I can't control the world around me. None of us really can to an extent we can, you know, have our small effects, our ripple in the puddle, but at the end of the day, focusing on ourselves and, you know, it's not in a selfish way, but get, getting yourself in the right place so you can be a light in the world is an important thing. So I try to try to think about what I'm doing, try to like, try to really focus on being productive, even though recently I feel like I haven't been, but I, I feel like, you know, we all got our excuses or whatever you want to yeah. call it, but, you know, family, family stuff, whatever, they'll, they'll get, I wouldn't say get in the way, but they're just another important hurdle. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer that things all happen for a reason. So it's all, it's all part of the learning experience, you know, lear learning, being human, getting better. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I do that too. I have really bad imposter syndrome. So like oh, yeah. I constantly oh, worry about like I like I'm never doing enough, you know. And in some way that's in some ways like it can be a blessing, but it is a curse when it when you're just kind of sulking like in your room and just thinking about like man, I should be out like I should be out in the streets right now or like I should be giving all my money away to yeah, right. this or that. And while like but it's just like you know, thanks to the system we live under, I mean, that's not necessarily possible for a lot oh, of folks yeah, right. like us. So, Definitely. 
you, yeah. like say, you gotta you gotta be able to take care of yourself in order to help others and yeah yeah exactly sure. so yeah man but hey music is a revolutionary act so you know i that's what i like I, to think. I, what's that I was say, that's what I like to think. I like to I like to hope that at least in a way that if I can get music to inspire people, they, then those people will go out and make make a change more than I can make a change. And if I can, I mean, if I can inspire ten people, that's more than me doing one thing. That's ten people doing something. So that's right. <laughs> multiplier effect might work there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What uh, what puts you to sleep? Oh man, what puts me to sleep? Knowing, I mean, knowing that, like I said, I guess the comfort of, I believe that, you know, that things happen for a reason and knowing that um, I'm pretty, I, I grew up a, kind of a religious person. I, I, I was raised Lutheran, but didn't, wasn't super Christian, but then my mom was Wiccan. So I had a, a very interesting back and forth between learning those two. And I just came to more or less not, I don't believe really in any organized religion. I believe we all have a direct connection to any, I guess, divine source you want. And I don't know, be, having having faith that things are are in in the right direction, even if I feel like they aren't, is a powerful thing. At the end of the day, being able to just shit like, uh, oh, I I have a lot of things to complain about, but in reality, I have a lot lot more to be thankful about. And being like, you know what, it's not that bad. It's all good. And that's an important, really important mindset that I've learned to be, and a lot that obviously a lot of people have learned besides me, and hopefully more people learn is to be grateful and just that that helps me go to bed at night, put all the bad thoughts out, and just like every time one comes up, think about something that's good, and you know, being being thankful, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I. I, considering this has been such a mortal year, you know, a year where we felt like, you know, shit could snap any minute. I, I've really been trying to like embrace that, like, you know, holding my loved ones close to me and also just like reminding myself of like, you know, the positive relationships I've built over the years and just to continue to like play my part, you know, because like it goes a really long way when you can bring authenticity into this world. So thank you, Paul, for being on the show. Oh, yeah. um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, for everyone watching, uh, Deerskin uh, got some new songs, new music on the way. We're very stoked and uh, very uh, much looking forward to what he's got in the chamber. Um, and uh, yeah, Paul, I wish you the, the best of luck with, um, you know, piecing everything together in the next couple months. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Cheers. Uh, oh yeah, thank you all for listening. Cheers, thank you, bro. Thank you, Mr. Nice Guy. Cool.